What's up, Internet? You're tuned in episode 47 of the Podcast. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined, as always, by my very good friend, Mr. Pixelpar. Hello. I totally wasn't I reading our news articles. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you're telling me. Last week, I appreciated it. You called out Steve for his very lackluster hosting job. This it, week, it I was come in. quite poor. I come in full of piss and vinegar, and you just <laughs> you just fumble that ball. All right, go again, go again, go on. All right, just okay, just okay. for the listeners. All right, what's up, internet? You're tuned in episode forty-seven of the podcast. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined as always by my very good friend, Mister Pixelpar. Hey, Pete, how are you today? Oh, I'm so great, buddy. How are you doing? I'm really good, thank you. I'm excited to be on the podcast. Is that better? That's much better. We're See, I, yeah, he's matching my energy a little bit here. That's good. That's good. It is a challenge, I'll admit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So welcome back to another episode of the Podcast. If you're new here, uh, the Podcast is LootPots.com's weekly Nintendo podcast. We're here to talk about Pokemon, Smash, and tragically, the last ever game on the Nintendo Wii. Uh, but before all that, uh, let's jump into what we're playing this week. Pixel. I know you've uh, you've been playing a little bit of Luigi's Mansion 3. I've seen you talk about it. We're currently doing a giveaway of a copy mm-hmm. of Luigi's Mansion 3. So what's the verdict? What are you thinking about it so far? I love it. I absolutely yeah? love it. You're not alone. I'm seeing a lot of positive buzz. Like, in no way is it a perfect game. But it's so pleasing that it makes up for any kind of imperfections, I think. Like, visually, it looks really, really nice. The puzzles, they're well-designed. And there's some stuff in there that actually got me, where I was like, what? How do I do this? Like, one person in particular, <laughs> in, you're in, like, a studio later. I'm not going to say anything more. But one in there really got me stumped for ages, and I was like, oh, my God. It is kind of obvious when you get it, but there's a lot of steps involved in doing it. So, yeah, it's it's not as easy as I thought it'd be. And I've played the last two ones as well, so. So you feel like they upped the ante a little bit with the, with the challenge? Yeah, well... Yes and no. Most of them are quite simple and everyone will get them. Okay. Um, well, that's what you want, though. Like, mm-hmm. for a game, like, it's got to be accessible. So, like, I feel like you want most of them to be easy, but, like, you want a couple head scratchers. For sure. I uh, opted to play co-op because it's got drop-in, drop-out co-op. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was playing with my missus and I was playing as Gooigi, which is a... You, you kind of get infinite lives, which is nice. But your health's, like, 25 rather than 100. So, you know, one hit, you're dead. Which is annoying. She had to carry you. That's why you played Guiji. Well, I I was like the sacrificial thing because in some stages, <laughs> some of the ghosts or monsters and stuff um, actually eat you. And you know, if you're playing as Luigi, you have to keep tapping A to kind of break out, and you lose a bit of health. Whereas if you're Guiji, you get eaten and you die instantly because you've got such low health already. But because you're made of goo, their mouth sticks together a bit. So they're kind, of, they're kind of disabled for a couple of seconds. And in that space, Luigi can come along and just, like, destroy them. Oh, that's excellent. I love that. So, yeah, sacrifice, but worth it. So you said that the game's not perfect. Are there any, like, like do you have any complaints about it? Or is it just that? <sighs> they're, not, they're not complaints so much as kind of things I just wish they'd done a bit more of. Like, okay. Like, there's loads of flaws. There's loads of content. It is, like, a 15-hour game. But there's collectibles in there, and I always make a kind of point of at least trying to find as many as I can. You know, I'm not going to hundred percent it, but I want to find as many as I can. And there's some nice little challenges in there. But 
in terms of like the variety of ghosts, besides the bosses, there's not really that many. Probably like mm. six different types. Okay. And the puzzles, they some of them are quite repetitive in the fact that you already know what you're going to have to do before you're there. Whereas other ones take you completely by surprise. And like the whole money aspect to it, like I've got so much money and there's no items worth buying. Like you can buy items to kind of revive yourself if you die. And we're in a situation where we've never died. And the first item you get of that is free. So literally money is worthless. So it's if they just kind of tweaked it a bit and... You know, I think that Dan, Daniel's written a review, and there's some of the points he made as well. But they're just elements they could have really utilized just to kind of make a, a 10 out of 10 game, I think. So it just sounds like there, there's a few things that kind of miss the mark. Like, you wish that they're... I don't, miss the mark's a really bad way of putting it, I think. Because the game isn't perfect, but it's more impressive than I thought it would be. So they haven't missed the mark, but okay. they've, they've missed game of the year mark, in my opinion. All right. All right. Well, I mean, that's not a bad place to be. No, for sure. Uh, so, as for me, I've been playing more Little Town Hero this week. Um, I think mm-hmm. two weeks ago, maybe, on the show. I don't remember yeah. when I talked about it the first time. It's been a while. Yeah, you missed last episode and the episode before you just started talking about it. So, how, how far are you now? So, now, at the the last time we had talked about it, I had just finished the first chapter. Now, I uh, just finished the la- the fifth chapter. So I cannot find a straight answer on the internet about how many chapters there are, so I have no concept of how far in the game I am. I, I heard your little slip there. You nearly said last chapter, but then you're like, well, wait, maybe it's well, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I meant that that was the last chapter I played because I, I truly have no idea. Yeah. Um, and uh, nothing in the game so far has, like, given me a clue as to if, if this is, like, anywhere near the end because like as far as i can tell i i feel like i'm probably about in the middle okay. you know um which is weird <laughs> <Roll credits. laughs> I've, I've, I've played a lot of it at this point like i know that the game is it's supposed to be like roughly 10 to 15 hours and i'm 10 hours into it right now okay. so the idea of me having like another five hours like feels about right you know um so you reckon like maybe seven eight chapters yeah, I'm thinking definitely like a max of 10 because like some are longer than others, you know, like I, I think like the second and third chapters were like pretty short, but then like the fourth and fifth ones were like longer. So I, I don't know, but I'm I'm a, I'm a good amount of the way into it now. And um, really, it's only led me to like double down on the opinions that I threw out here on my initial impressions where like I, I like the game. I think it has a lot to offer, but Every time I play it, I can't help but think, like, man, if this just had, like, six more months or something like that, like, mm-hmm. I, th- I think it could have been a-, a much better game, and I think it would have resonated with people a lot more. Would have been, would have been Big Town Heroes, though. Yeah, exactly. Like, I like, the, I like the story for the most part. I think the cast of characters are, like, cute and charming. Like, it's, it's a little tropey, but it's not like annoyingly so and like it's genuinely funny sometimes um which are like those are all more than i can say for like a pokemon game you know like usually like the cast of characters are super forgettable and like not, and yeah. like i don't laugh because it's these very like dopey like kitty jokes you know and it feels like it, this is like a little bit more adult like you know they make characters about how like the old man who like trains your character is like kind of a drunk 
and like just like random stuff like that you know i, I really we really shouldn't laugh about that <laughs> well it's all right he's he's not an alcoholic he just okay likes good a, good he like he likes, likes a stout a drink at the end of the day <laughs> you know so like like those dressings of it like the 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 art style the world the creature design like i think all those things are really solid and the gameplay like i said is is really fun it's just like the game isn't well optimized. It's a little clunky. It's like a little slow. Like it feels like it's kind of padded a little bit to like make it longer because like the battles take a super long time. Like the average length of a battle that I've found is like between 10 and 16 turns, okay. which is pretty long. Yeah. And which is fine. I don't mind the battles being longer, but they're ex- they're accentuated because you can't skip any animations and there's no button for like speeding through them well, that's annoying it's like uh you played a little bit of war groove right uh yeah tiny tiny though S- that's fine so you know how like on a turn of war groove there's like everybody's got to move and do all their things and then there's know. all the anime but like you could hold b and it goes really quick Speed like for it. Yep. imagine you couldn't do that for the entire game i bet the game would be a few hours shorter or at least my clock would be a few hours shorter yeah, if for sure. I was able to skip those animations. I wonder, have they released any patches for it yet? Because it's been out a little while now. I haven't noticed any patches, but I have noticed that some of the glitches that I experienced in the earlier parts, of, like the thing I was saying with the walking, where like the anime, <laughs> like that has started to happen like a tenth of the amount of time. So I don't know if it's that the early game was less optimized or if they patched it and I didn't notice. Hmm. It's it's unfortunate because I really like the game and like I wouldn't still be playing it if it was mediocre and I think it's like above average but not enough above average to be special and maybe to not be special isn't the word but like to not stick out to people who aren't looking to give it a try. Yeah. You know, like it's not a game that I think is going to win people over because it's like it's rough around the edges when it it really like shouldn't be like this isn't, you know, oh, it's this cool, like fresh RPG from this little indie studio. Like, yeah, it's a little rough around the edges, but you got to give it a try because the sequel is going to be great. Like, Mm -hmm. no, it's it. This is a game from, you know, a, a company with what? fucking at least 20 years of shipping rpgs and this is somehow less optimized than the game that's that they used to put out on the game boy color like <laughs> come on it's 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 a shame really isn't it because it sounds from like your description it's on the cusp of being a good game like being a game that people would go out and buy because they've heard good things about it but it seems like those kind of teething problems or rushing it out has kind of just let the game down and it's not you know, most companies that do that, especially if they've got kind of a revenue stream already, would go in and patch it just to kind of up their reputation a bit. Like, oh, you know, it launched, it had some issues, they've been patched, you know, characters don't float around before they walk anymore. <laughs> uh, but if you're still experiencing that, like, fair enough, it's less often than it was at the beginning. But if you're still experiencing that, so it's kind of a bad sign that Game Freak have kind of they've given up maybe or you know they've just accepted that the release wasn't as good as they anticipated and they're not doing anything to resolve that the thing is man i feel like they must have known that it was shipping at this quality hmm. there it's one thing if you ship a game and it's mostly good 
and it's rough around the edges in terms of like stuff that's unpredictable. Like yeah. you look at like uh, the most previous Pokemon releases on 3DS, right? And like everybody knows that those games had frame rate issues, but I wouldn't say that they're broken, right? Yeah. Like Breath of the Wild shipped and it had plenty of frame rate and optimization issues, not enough to impact a game, you know? Um, whereas you look at Little Town Hero and like there is that issue that I called out a few weeks ago where whenever you do that special attack, when you get like the chance attack opportunity, the music hard cuts after your character does their fight animation and goes, ah, you know, like, <laughs> see, that's one of the things I'd expect would be just maybe an oversight during the kind of QA process and then would get patched like day one. Sure. And like. To me, if it was something that had been patched already, I'd still be like, come on, you shouldn't have shipped it like this. But, like, uh-huh. it's it's one of those things that there's no fucking way that QA didn't catch this because it happens every time. If I noticed it, someone whose job it is to notice bugs fucking noticed it. So, like, to me, that that reeks of they were aware of this problem and were just like, well, fuck it's it. Prob- too much effort to solve it. Let's ship. Yeah, and that sucks. It sucks that... It feels like they were lazy uh, with this game and that it really could have been a lot more than the sum of its parts, but they weren't willing to put in the extra effort or delay it or whatever. And, like, that's a bummer because I really think this could have been a new franchise for them. And instead, I think it's going to be another one of those ga- – oh, Game Freak put out, puts out games that aren't Pokemon? Oh, Giga Wrecker Giga what? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I – so I, I I like it and I I want to champion it, but I'm also like very annoyed with Game Freak at this point, where it's just like you guys should be better than this. And if you're not, you need to hire some outside talent because Lord knows your games make enough money for you mm. to be able to ship stuff that's not broken. That's software. that's my biggest bugbear with them. Game Freak, they just seem to everyone kind of accepts that Game Freak games are going to have some issues or not be as well optimized as other studios. And they're kind of treated as if they're an indie developer in that regard, where it's like, oh, you know, it's expected, it's fine. But they've got one of the biggest franchises going that's been going for, what, like 20 years, you said? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. yeah. And all the revenue from that, and they still can't resolve these issues in their games. Like, fine if there's a couple, but, you know, just at least hire some people in to carry on developing. Like, if they got sidetracked and had to finish Sword and Shield quicker, and that's what caused... Little Town Heroes kind of be shipped out earlier than expected or lose kind of development resources. Like you said, hire another team in, finish it off, polish it, release it. I, I get that at some point you need to just ship the game. You know, like that's just how game development works. Like at some point you got to just do it. But mm-hmm. like you look at this game and the scope of it and like when it was announced and when it was released and like there's no fucking reason it needed to come out in 2019. There's no reason it needed to come out a month away from their big tentpole franchise game. Like, what the fuck? They just sent this game out to die. And, like, it really doesn't make any sense. Like, there's no reason that... And don't get me wrong. Like, grain of salt, I'm not a fucking game developer. I, you know, like, I know that. I don't mean to armchair quarterback. Like, I try to avoid doing that because, like, at the end of the day, we're just two people who like video games and pay attention to them enough to predict things, right? And granted, mm-hmm. we know people, whatever, fine. But we don't know what we're fucking talking about. This is one of those situations, it's so crystal clear to me 
that there was that putting this game out at this time in this state was a mistake. And I don't see how Game Freak or Nintendo, like whoever's, you know, decision it was to push it out, like couldn't see that this game needed six more months. And that in six more months, it could have been a hit. It could have been a hit summer game rather than a game that came out and people are like, oh, that came out. I think we we had this yeah we had this discussion before where we're talking about like was it because they needed to steam forward on Pokemon? But thinking back on it, like maybe it wasn't just development resources. Maybe Game Freak did need to reallocate development resources, but at the same time had to ensure that this came out before Pokemon because maybe they've got like a third version of Pokemon or something in the works launching next year, and yeah. or maybe they just know the schedule for next year and were like, yeah, we need to get this out now. Like we don't have time to devote resources to it later, mm. but in that in that situation, right? It's like you said, like hire some hire an external team, yeah. Hire some jobbers, you know. Like, and, and my thing is, if you can't do that, then don't put the fucking game out, man. Like, you guys could have told, uh, you know what? We thought it was going to be twenty twenty. We need more time twenty twenty or twenty nineteen. We need more time now. It's coming out in twenty twenty. Like, okay. Nobody would have batted an eye at that. We had not heard. Of, I was so convinced that game was delayed, and then they yeah. just farted it out. <laughs> that sucks. Oh man. Um. Anyway, so uh, we both played a game this week called Ring Fit Adventure. You can tell both our muscles are bursting out of our shirts. Yeah, we're just like just Ripped. pure fucking muscle heads now, you know. <laughs> uh. So you talked about this last week, and um had some had some you know some some choice words about it that it was good but that it really made you feel the burn you and uh-huh. i talked about it a little privately like where you're like how much do you exercise man like this, <laughs> this kicked my ass and i got a report it kicked my ass too pixel like right. oh my god my like uh today was the so I, the, I played it for the first time on monday and we're recording this on wednesday so two nights ago uh-huh. and this morning was the first time i woke up where it didn't hurt to walk up and down the stairs and it, and it wasn't even like uh like you know like like pain pain but like anybody who has ever worked out like if you start working out and you're out of shape you get that buildup of uh, uh lactic acid Mm-hmm. And your, you know, your your muscles or whatever, and it's like it's not so much that it was like ow, ow, ow. It was just like oh it's my god, yeah. Like every step, you can feel that pressure it's, in your legs. It's like you know? yeah, especially on the back legs. It's like your muscles are kind of just tensed up, and you know they're, they're just going to stay like that until yeah, whenever they want. Yeah, dude. Like my uh, my thighs were like burning from those <laughs> fucking squats man but i'm like i think i did something like 60 squats on that first world or something like that mm-hmm. i was like oh my god were you doing what i did where it's like because you can choose which attack you use yeah so towards the end of it i was just like right the the i said this last week like the um i forgot what it's called where you press a ring in yeah, we're like, supposed oh, to do it above your head. Uh-huh. I was like, that seems like the easiest one. So I'm just going to keep selecting that when it's next available because there's like a, t- a cooldown on them. And yeah. by the end of it, I regretted that decision so much. Well, that was what I did with the squats. That, that's what I was, was going like, to say. Is that why your legs are caning? Yeah, because I was like, oh, like this this is the easiest one. I'm going to do this. And then I was <laughs> like, oh, no. And I remember uh, there's like the yoga one that you can do in the first mm-hmm. set. And I was like, I'll try this. This will be easier. And I was like, ah, it's a squat again. <laughs> <laughs> it's a squat in disguise. 
and the uh, the floor one where it was like, oh, lift your legs, and it was like it makes you go so slow. I was like, this is agony, brother. Like, <laughs> why are all of these tackling? Dude, it's literally like, a squat laying down. <laughs> ex- excluding the ring squeeze above your head, like everything was targeting my legs, you know. Because then there's like the the last level before the boss where it's like, oh, you got to run up the stairs. Make sure you do those high leg runs. And I was like, my legs are burning. That that was cruel. I remember getting to the the final boss, and I was just like, oh fuck, like this is like this is rough now, you know. You just see his first... HP load, and you're like, oh my god, I wish I quit earlier. Yup. Yeah, that was exactly how I felt. Like, I got to it. I was like, well, I have to finish it. Like, I have uh-huh. to beat the boss. And it was literally the last rep that I got to where I was like, oh, dude. Like, this is <laughs> fucked. Like, this hurts. And it's, you know, not, you know, again, not pain. But, like, you're feeling the burn, you know? Like, uh-huh. it's, you're getting a good workout. Which, I gotta say, like, I wasn't expecting. It's, it's a lot more It's a lot more intensive than, like, Wii Fit was or... Yeah. anything like that because that was, that was kind of base level i was expecting and what i liked about it is because i had a moment with it where i was doing the the boss battle you know and i was mm-hmm. i was doing the the lift thing and i'm going and the <laughs> creepy creepy ring sidekick oh jeez. you know like it, but it feels like you have a coach you know because he's like all right three more you got this go and i'm just like all right man i'm gonna do it your like, sweat is so shiny and beautiful yeah <laughs> so weird so weird but you know it's like it's got the number that you can watch there's a counter like it's tracking how well you're doing as you're going so like Mm -hmm. for me it really helped me stay engaged with the workout rather than like when i'll just go to the gym like you know i put on a podcast or an episode of television or an album or whatever and i kind of just zone out and i do what i'm gonna do and then i head home you know and Mm -hmm. there are plenty of times where i'll work out for like a solid hour or whatever but i never feel like i'm like super pushing myself you know because i'm like as soon as i get uncomfortable i'm like oh, i'll do something else you know like yeah. my le- legs are done i'll go do arms you know whereas this it's like you have a limited number of options and like i put it on random eventually to see what that was like so i'm like mm-hmm. i'm just gonna do what they tell me to do you know and like see how it goes and by the end of it i was like i had a good sweat going and like i felt good afterwards you know so i was like this until is actually morning. yeah until the <laughs> till the next two days um but today i feel good enough i'm gonna go back and and try again uh but i i gotta say like i really enjoyed it like i think it's a lot better than i expected and it's pretty fun the ring con's a lot more versatile than i thought it was as well like i heard people say you know it is quite resistive and you know it feels like a quality build but then when you actually look at a picture of it you're like uh i'm probably gonna break that looks like a plastic ring yeah but no it's actually like because i uh, I went to, I can't remember what the sports shop was called, uh, a couple of weeks ago before it came out, and um, I got one of those Pilates rings, and I was like, oh, right. So, you know, I've never seen really or used one of these before, so I gave it a squeeze, and I was like, oh, that's kind of, you know, now I know what to expect. And the Switch ones, it's just, it's not harder to squeeze, but it's just more, feels more of a workout. I don't know how to explain it. It's not. I feel like it's the build quality is such a such a thing where like you know like i feel like when you bend certain things like that like you're used to it having like some give mm-hmm. you know where you're like oh if i keep pushing i'll break this yeah. you know but i feel like the whether it's the material or the way that it's built like the 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 ring con 
is so like you feel the resistance on it. So yeah, like sure. you can't physically push. Like I mean, I, I, if we were fucking cut, maybe we could. But <laughs> I I I I pushed it as hard as I could during the test and was like, oh, this is this is not gonna break. You know? Yeah. Did you regret doing that? Like at the beginning, it's like, oh, squeeze it as hard as you can. Then it goes, oh, yep. right. So your strength is a hundred. Then you're in the game. You're like, I, re-, you know, now it's gonna use that against me. I shouldn't have done that. Yep. Yeah. That's exactly how I felt. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like I do want to get a good workout i want to get pushed i want to build muscle so you know right now when i'm doughy and soft i regret it but in a, in a few <laughs> months when i beat the game i'll probably feel good about it you, you're finally gonna become the boss yeah I'll become that swole dragon mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the aim of the game right dude that story is so goddamn weird it's so funny i remember having a moment i'm like why did they even include this and i'm like well to be fair that was that was one of the things that hooked me originally i was like it's an rpg all right (laughs) i am a huge dork i would like to play an rpg i find that the um the rpg battle element where you go in and fight one to however many monsters at a time like it does give you a workout but you'll see when you get to the second world you'll see because there's more of it but the running and jogging and trying to kind of go upstairs and stuff and collecting the coins by stretching the Joy-Con seemed yeah. to make me work out. Like in, I was getting sweatier doing that than I was doing the battles. And in the, sec- in the second level, I didn't feel like I'd worked out as much because it was more battle than running. Like there's more breaks. See, I, I, I think that's – I like that about it because I feel like it's a good way to – it's like when you're jogging on a treadmill and you push the cool down button, you know, because mm-hmm. you're like, okay, like I'm getting tired. Like I need to scale back for a second and lower my heart rate so I can like kick it again, you know? Yeah. So like I feel like that'll – ideally that'll make it so you can play longer. Yeah. Oh, kudos to Nintendo for putting the warm up and cool downs in there as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a big help. Did you notice that um, depending on the exercises you chose, the cool – because I watched my girlfriend play it afterwards. She replayed what I played after I did. And the cooldowns that I got was slightly different to what she got because she'd worked out oh. different areas than wow. I had. Wow, okay. Yes, so they do take that into account, which is quite clever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah, so shout out to Nintendo. I'm enjoying Ring Fit Adventure so far. Um, it's helping me uh, start on this. If you're a listener to After Dark, I've talked about it a little bit with Steve. I'm trying to really adop- adopt a healthier lifestyle. <laughs> I'm only laughing because you're talking about arrows before we started. <laughs> oh yeah, I was talking about how much I want to import UK Chocolate. candy. <laughs> um, yeah, right, well, if it's five dollars a candy bar, I'll have to eat a lot less. That's the you know, the that's galaxy like brain it. thinking. Yeah, so uh, we'll probably talk about this a little bit more in the future. I'm gonna I'm working on a video about it that I'm gonna throw out once I've been playing for like a month. I want to like kind of track my progress and everything. So um, keep your eyes peeled for that. And, um, yeah, yeah, if you guys are playing Ring Fit, let us know. I don't – I know a couple of people in our Discord uh, have checked it out. So, um, yeah, if anybody's got their thoughts they want to hit us with, please write in. I'd love to hear what your experience has been like. All right. So starting off with the number one item on the news list this week. According to Ubisoft, Just Dance 2020 will be the last Nintendo Wii game ever. According to Ubisoft, though. Yeah. So who knows? They, they, they can't account for every other company. I'm sure people like limited run games who are still making Vita games will probably push one out in like five years just for the sake of it. Just to be the last one. Uh-huh. Uh, that would actually be hilarious. 
Uh, so yeah, I, this this broke from uh, at Nintendan over on Twitter, uh, who you might know from um, Game Explain and a bunch of other outlets. Uh, so he tweeted saying, Ubisoft just sent me a PR email opening with the line that Just Dance 2020 is the last Nintendo Wii game ever. Somebody quick, make a game for the Nintendo Wii. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, hopefully one of our uh, our friends at Limited Run or you know any of the other um super rare you know any any of those orgs out there will go and make a nintendo wii game just to plant their flag there and take that title from ubisoft (laughs) brutal oh my god so uh r.i.p to the nintendo wii uh you served us well and jesus christ man you had a good run (laughs) the switch still hasn't outsold it yet has it no not even close you kidding me it's the it's the third best-selling console of all time now wow Behind uh, PS2 and PS4. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Switch outsells it, though. Because right, right now the Switch is outpacing the PS4 at the same point in its life cycle. So as long as Nintendo can keep the momentum going, which doesn't seem like there's any signs of slowing down, uh, we're, we're going to – I think I think we're going to see it achieve top three status sooner or later. Imagine if it beats the PS2. Hmm, that would be a like i don't think it's going to be the ps4 you don't think, think it will no i think it will because what's going to happen is nintendo's move is probably going to be like we've got the light now that'll carry them through to like holiday well maybe summer next year and then e3 will come around you know summer spring they'll announce a pro model that'll come out in november to kind of counteract the ps5 and new scorpion model or whatever the hell the xbox one is and then developers will be constrained so much on that graphical improvement that the Switch will just get left behind until Ooh. Nintendo go. Eh. See, I don't know. I don't think I agree. I feel like Nintendo's at the point now where they they've carved out their niche. Mm-hmm. Like they're not I, I don't I don't look at them as being a part of the console wars anymore. Like obviously they're in that race, you know, like their sales matter and everything. But I don't look at the Switch as being a a competitor like quote unquote to the the playstation and xbox successors in, in my mind like, i'm gonna cut you off there because it is a competitor but in a different regard it's a competitor for third-party developer support and that's that's true but i think when you look at nintendo switch right now like in the two years it's been on the almost three years now that it's been on the market you know it sold 40 million units do you think that third parties are what's carrying that because i don't like i think when you think of the big games on switch it's Nintendo exclusives, it's indies that are exclusive, it's being the number one place to play indie games, even if it's not an exclusive, and when a game like Witcher or, you know, Outer Worlds or whatever comes to Switch, it's cool, but I don't think that's why people are buying it. I I think that's a decent slice of people that have been enticed more so to purchase a Switch, because it's got games like Assassin's Creed, you know, Football Manager, all that kind of thing on there rather than just first-party IPs and indie games. Because if if there's a release like The Witcher that someone really wants to play, or Dark Souls, and they know they can get it on Switch, and they were already thinking about getting a Switch because of the first-party games, that could be the tipping point. And if they lose that, sales might slow down. I mean, I think that's a tipping point for some people, but I don't, I don't think it's enough to see the sales slow down when there's a new console generation, personally. And I do think that there's something to the thought that for the first you know, a couple years of the new console generation, 
people are going to be more incentivized to develop for Switch because there's a built-in market of 40 million units out there already, whereas the new PS5 and Xbox, whatever, um, are going to, you know, the first couple games are going to be games that undersell because there's not enough people on the platform yet. You know, you see it all the time. Maybe, but like Breath of the Wild's a high seller and that was a launch title for Switch, so, you know. Yeah, and that makes a difference, but like... I don't know, man. Like they just need to marry a car and they're done. You know, guaranteed sales. That's the thing is, I, I think I think Nintendo still has a few bullets in the chamber too. Like I think them seeing you know surpassing fifty million units by the end of this year seems likely mm-hmm. with Pokemon and for sure. I don't know, man. I I I think it. I think lifetime sales it will end up outselling PS4. I do. We'll see. Right. That's PS2. I don't. I don't know about that, but we'll add this to our Google Stadia bet. Where uh... yeah, yeah, throw Ooh. it on. Mm-hmm. We'll see how it goes. Uh, all right, so moving right along. Uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield uh, has its first online competition starting uh, December 2019. So you wrote this one up. I did. We've got the sign up period from December, or I'm sorry, November 15th to December 5th. And then the competition will take place from the 6th until the 8th. So yes. this is going to be the first, you know, proper uh, Gen 8 tournament. Uh, it is going to be, let's see, single battle format in which players can register three, six, three, three to, to six. six Pokemon. Sorry, I thought it was going to say three, six Pokemon teams. Um, three to six Pokemon as part of their battle team. And uh, everything's going to be like bumped or capped down to level 50. Mm-hmm. To like make it nice and uh, nice and even, and then players will be able to Dynamax and Gigantamax during the competition, um, but it can only be used for three turns. Which you know, if you know how the mechanics work, that's how it works. There are going to be some limitations about which Pokemon are able to be used as well. They said that quote certain special Pokemon will not be allowed, including uh, Zacian, Zamazenta. I'm not sure how they work yet, uh, and Mew from the Pokeball Plus. Uh, so basically, no legendaries. Hmm. Like no, like no, no Pokemon that would be classified as Uber if you were playing Smogan rules, which makes sense, because um, otherwise every fucking team's gonna have one, <laughs> uh, or all three. Once the games have launched, players will also be able to join the competition by uh, going to the battle stadium and going to online competitions, which I think we talked about a while back. Um, but yeah, so so this is gonna be like the first proper tournament, and for the first time ever. You can literally just access it from an in-game menu, which is like... It's a big thing, man. Yeah, it's a, it is a big change. Um, and as as much credit as uh, Game Freak has not been getting with these games, that's something where it's like, all right, good on you. That's a, that's a good quality of life forward-thinking move to really like try to bake competitive battling into the game more and show like the average person that that's a thing worth pursuing because historically competitive Pokemon has been so like, you know, it's like trying to get into like 3d chess, you know? So they're really making an effort to make it easier this time around. There is, there is one little more wrinkle to this that I'll jump into and then I'll, I'll, I'll throw it to you because I'm interested to hear what you're thinking about this. Okay. Um, but, uh, Around this time, Nintendo also threw out a new trailer that showed off uh, a bunch of quality of life changes coming to uh, battling and specifically training competition-ready Pokemon. So in this video, they showed off a bunch of new items, um, 
which uh, one of them is EXP candies, which are um, kind of an evolution of the rare candy system, which if you're, you know, someone who's familiar with Pokemon, they would just automatically level up your Pokemon, right? Whereas for this, uh, you get an X number of experience based on the size of the item. So there's extra small all the way up to extra large. And you get these from max raid battles. Um, and so, you know, if you have like an, a max EXP one, I think it was like 10,000 EXP or something like that. So for high level Pokemon, that's obviously, you know, uh, going to be a thing of diminishing returns over time. But, you know, if you're trying to level up a low level Pokemon, you know, you could ostensibly do like several levels at once rather than having to just do these rare candies again and again and again. And the fact that you can get them from raids obviously makes them a renewable resource, whereas rare candies have traditionally been finite. So definitely a, a really nice quality of life change there. Uh, there's also a Pokemon Mint that will um, change your Pokemon's... Uh, Nature. Wait a minute. It's supposed to change their nature. I'm interested here. So in the IGN article that I'm referencing, it says it doesn't change their nature, but it alters their stat growth patterns to make them like that nature. Yeah, so I, t I think technically they still have their uh, the nature you captured them with, but I think that nature becomes meaningless because you can tweak kind of okay. the benefits of the nature by using these mints. That's very interesting. Uh, because, yeah, because in the original trailer, when I was looking at it, like, the names of the mints are, like, literally Pokemon natures. It's, like, the one that they showed was, like, a modest mint, and then there's a mild mint. So, like, those are Pokemon natures through and through. So, I, you know, I'm gonna trust this article that we're reading here, but I, uh... We'll, we'll see on that one. But either way, that's a, that's a huge change. Okay, I've, got, I've got a press release now. Sorry. Perfect. <clears throat> Using a mint on a Pokemon seems to change these stat growth patterns and will impact the stats of the Pokemon. Uh, yeah, so stats grow faster than usual. Mints will not change a Pokemon's nature. Okay, but it will alter it so that they gain stats in those things that you get from the mint. So it's like changing their nature without properly changing their nature. Or can you only use that mint for that Pokemon of the same nature? Like you said, they've got similar names. No, I don't think so, because in the example, the Pikachu that they had, I don't think had a modest nature. Okay. Yeah, it says mint in the video, it says mints will change the effects of a Pokemon's nature. So I think I think it is just essentially changing the stat growth to whatever that nature would have been, which is a weird, like, roundabout way of changing the way that their stats grow without i guess having to alter their data so you could just ignore the nature side of it and go mints just change kind of the stat boosts to yeah. how you want them to be which is that's huge because mm -hmm. like natures are one of the most annoying things about breeding uh because you know like there's nothing worse than when you're like oh great okay like i've worked out this perfect system to breed the pokemon that i want and i'm fishing for perfect ivs oh i got one but i don't have the right nature like fuck yeah. you know so it's one of those things that's going to save you a lot of wasted time so if you've been playing pokemon from the beginning there's always been these things called supplements like protein and iron and calcium that will max out a pokemon's base stats and there used to be a limitation on how many you could use now you're able to use them indefinitely um, which is just another thing that's, like, really, really knocking down the barriers to competitive play being 
something that's like actually accessible. Uh, kind of the last thing here, uh, like from the competitive scene, is uh, egg moves are going to be a lot easier now, where you can just basically transfer entire egg moves from one Pokemon species to another, which didn't always work that way. Uh, you used to have to do some like really really weird like oh, this Pokemon can breed with this one to get this Pokemon who's compatible the move I need. So, like, it was, like, very, very complicated, and they're they're basically just making this a lot more streamlined, a lot more easy to access, and I think that's a good thing. Um, I've seen some fans who are a little salty about it, and I'm just like, look, just because <laughs> we all put hundreds of hours into this in previous gens doesn't mean that that's how it should be, okay? Sure. We suffered so that you guys don't have to. <laughs> Uh, and then the the last uh, little bit that I wanted to just touch on here was that um, the ability to access the box anywhere that we saw in Pokemon Let's Go is going to be brought over to this game, which um, I think given the fact that there is like a big open world segment that you're going to want to be exploring, like it's nice to not have to like jump back if you need a new Pokemon or like, you know, if you catch a Pokemon that you really like and you want to add it to your team or something like that, like those are that's a, a nice little quality of life change as well so with all that said pixel mm-hmm. on twitter the other day you said that you were going to enter this competition I and am. that you've you've never been into competitive battling you're interested for the first time we're going to do some streams we're gonna we're gonna get into it together for sure man the whole accessibility thing it's just made me want to do it it's like there's no jumping through hoops anymore you know i can just buy the game Go on the menu and take part. So, you know, why not? It's very exciting. It is. I hope that there are more people like you who are, like, open to taking advantage of it for the first time. Because to me, that's, like, that's the real appeal of Pokemon is that, like, it is one of the deepest strategy games that I've ever played. You know, there's so many combinations. And, like, I think uh, people who are, like, a little more casual will often kind of come at it where it's like, well, you know, like, you always see the same Pokemon in the top tier or whatever, so, like, whatever, whatever. But, like, man, a couple, like, every other year or every few years, you have somebody come out and win with this, like, super weird strategy that no <laughs> one had ever considered and this Pokemon that nobody uses. And, like, man, it's, like, it's awesome for that reason. You know, like, there's so much creativity to it and the ability to, like, you know, really get in there and strategize and just think better than your opponents is like key to victory, you know? So I'm I'm really excited to see you jump into it. I hope you get something out of it. Yeah, for sure. Especially seeing as this is the first one and like registration is the day it launches and, you know, the actual thing takes part like two weeks later. So in that time, I don't think, I'm sure some people will, but I don't think there'll be any definitive best team either, which means I can go in with my team and... I'd stand a fair chance, I'd say, of at least winning a few matches. So you know you're going to have to make a competitive team, though, right, Pixel? I know. I know. I'm probably going to get okay. advice on that, but I don't want to be forced into choosing specific Pokemon just because their stats are a bit better or they have an ability that might be useful. I'll kind of base it around which Pokemon I like and which have the best moves out of that group of Pokemon I like that work together. Okay. Well, we'll see how that goes for you, but you know what I think would be—you know what I think would be fun—if we can—if we can find a way to commit to it or, or make it work, we should totally set up some streams during like our mutually available time, uh, where like I'll help you build your team out and stuff. Like we could do some research and like you know mm-hmm. do like a screen share of us like doing the research and picking teams and building it out and stuff. I think that would be fun. 
I might have to get some of the pots heads to uh, give me some warm up battles too, just so I can get used to how people are playing. Oh yeah, I mean we've got the Discord channel now for Pokemon Sword and Shield, so you best mm-hmm. believe we're gonna head in there and uh, mix it up a little bit. So um, yeah, if you guys are interested, uh, please go join us on our Discord where uh, we're we're already getting ready to set up some internal tournaments and trades and all that kind of stuff. So um, a thriving Pokemon community over on our Discord right now. So come uh, come be a part of it. All right, so moving along to Smash Brothers news, uh, we got the Terry Bogard direct style thing with Sakurai, where you know he's now available. We took us through everything conceivably possible, the fifty <laughs> tracks that are added and everything. So uh, I haven't gotten a chance to watch this yet. You did. You wrote it up. Uh-huh. Take us through it, Pixel. Hey, well, do you want the kind of the short version, or do you want me to describe the whole painful 45 minutes? Yeah, no, we're already 48 minutes into the show, and we got reader mail, so let's uh, let's do the Reader's Digest version. Okay, so Terry Bogard, out now. Um, stage, new stage, based on, I can't remember what it's called, something Fighters. <laughs> Fatal, Fra- Fatal Fury, right? No, 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 the uh, oh, is it King, King of, of Fighters? Fighters Stadium, that's it. King of Fighters and Stadium. And this one's interesting, because they've basically got invisible walls on either side. And the more damage a player has when you hit them against it, the wall will slowly start to react. And then if you get oh, them high cool. enough damage, they get, you know, launched off the stage. So Oh, that's the, awesome. Yeah, that's a new thing for Smash, which is quite cool. Um Terry himself had some really complex movesets. Like there was a lot of variations and Sakurai took ages going through them. Like go go watch the video if you want to kind of learn those, because it's it was a bit. I was a bit out of my depth there because I'm quite a casual. He seems player. like he's built like, uh, like similar to Ryu, where it's <sighs> it like is, very yeah. like true to his original move set. So like, if you're like a fighting game nerd, you'll like you'll be able to pick him up. He, he was like, literally going like, and you move like down, swing to the left, swing to the right, just like in the original game. And it's like, yeah, yeah. he's you know, this is definitely yeah, a franchise cool. that he absolutely loves, and you know, he he's tried to stay true to it. I mean, I know he was, like, a competitive fighting player mm-hmm. when he was younger, so... Um, real quick, there was also... There's, like, 18 characters in the background, right, of the... Uh-huh. The actual video is hilarious, because, like, I thought each of, like, three or four, because they're, you know, background characters. Like, full 3D models, but background yeah. characters. He just kept going on. He's like, and then we're adding this one, and this one, and this one. I was just sat there, like, oh, my God. He's, like, gone full in on, on this. Yeah. He's a big old nerd for this franchise, for sure. apparently. 50 music tracks like everything you can think of 50 man that's insane and like i've seen a bunch of people making jokes about it uh where they're like oh like and sakurai working with square enix they gave him one fucking track <laughs> and here we got 50 and even the metal slug theme for some reason there's like, like four <laughs> versions of it they did like three variations on metal slug that's the best he said in the live stream that um there's loads of tracks that he loved because it's not just fatal fury it's um from an SNK franchises in general. So he shortlisted 50 and sent it to them to find out what could get approved. And they just came back to him and just said, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's the best. <laughs> that's awesome. And then I think the last thing was the the new Me Fighters. I can't remember who they're based on. Um, it's a bunch of SNK fighters. Yeah, right? I can't remember exactly who they are, but they're separate DLC. But there's five of them, I think. And they look pretty good. I gotta be honest with you, I don't care, because they're not Sans from Undertale, which was already the best, so. <laughs> There's basically no other Mii Fighter costume ever worth using again. Fair enough. Until, until the Delta Room one comes, right? 
there you go. That that that's some galaxy brain shit right there. <laughs> uh, so the only other thing is that um, they did show release dates for the next set of uh, Smash Amiibo. Um, the the uh, Chrom, Incineroar, and Simon set will be coming out um, like later this month, and then uh, the Dark Samus and Richter set will come out in January on the seventeenth. Mm-hmm. So if you are an amiibo hunter like me, uh, you're going to want to get those pre-orders set up now. Imagine Max has got that Dark Samus on pre-order already. Oh, you better believe it. Are you kidding me? I'm sure he bought five. <laughs> uh, it's sick, too. Uh, did you see it up close? Like, all the plating uh, yeah, on an armor? so well detailed. So awesome. So awesome. I'm stoked to get Richter and Simon because they're like my mains this generation. So I'm like, I need them. Come on. Yeah, I'm probably going to pass on these. I was very tempted by the Samus one, but I'm going to hold out because I don't like to have too many amiibos. I'm, I'm quite a minimalist person. But like when a Zelda one comes out, I'm like, oh, I've got to get it. I respect that, man. I, uh, I'm i an addict and I have way too much crap. So. <laughs> But, you know, you see, every week you get to look at my nice little uh, whole cabinet full of Amiibo. I got shelf after shelf of them. Yeah, I have a problem. Anyway. um, (laughs) 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 All right, moving along now this week. On Friday, uh, November 8th, uh, first up, we've got football game. Because I wanted to (laughs) continue the proud tradition of picking games that look ridiculous, um, just like Steve would. Oh, wait, it's not even a football game. What? No, yeah, it is... uh, Tommy is the local high school football hero in the small town of East Bend, USA. It's game night for the... So, I don't know. It's like a weird, cl- like, 80s, 90s style point-and-click adventure. And it's like a, a, like a horror mystery kind of thing where you gotta solve puzzles and... There's creepy floating heads talking to you in the trailer. You gotta find Tommy's missing sweetheart. So, I don't know. It actually looks pretty cool. Uh, I, I was doing it just to make fun of the name. <laughs> so so this looks pretty neat also out that day we've got new super lucky's tale which um if you don't remember was the former uh xbox exclusive mm-hmm. which is now coming to nintendo switch it is updated with it's got some new levels some new story new cinematics character dialogue uh tighter movement and player controls fully rotatable 3d camera so basically it sounds like they included like every single aspect of the game yeah, I got to I got to try this at EGX when I went, and it was a, I really enjoyed it actually. Yeah, you liked it. I did. I'm tempted to pick it up. Um, it's it's kind of what I thought ukulele would be. You know, the first one. Yeah, that, that See, quite I've didn't been... hit the mark for me. But Super Lucky's Tales seems to fill that void. I've been interested in this one too for the same reason. I really like a good 3D platformer, and uh, ukulele really missed the mark. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've kind of had my eye on this, and you saying that. That you liked it, definitely. I'm I'm a little more interested in it. So if you do pick it up, let me know because I, sure. I I want to check it out. But right now I'm kind of like inundated in games. Like I still haven't picked up Outer Worlds or Luigi's Mansion. So I'm like, okay, oh, like maybe yeah, get maybe I don't. Mansion. Yeah, yeah. So uh, not to say that I'm like off, but I might wait to pick this one up. So let me know if it's worth picking. Yeah, I imagine this will it'd be one of those games that drops a little bit in price on physical. Um, so eventually, I, I don't think it's an immediate pickup, but it's definitely one to play for. I think. All right, good. I'll keep it on my radar then. Uh, so next up, we had Layton's Mystery Journey, Catriel, and the. Uh, you, you, I got to be honest with you. I'm reading M- it on the dock. 
Well, no, I'm reading it. I'm reading it on the doc, right? And as soon as it, as soon as I was reading it, Pixel clicked on the link in our Google Doc, and his name came up and blocked the title. So I'm like right in the middle of it. And I'm like, Catriella, the Millionaire's Conspiracy Deluxe Edition. There we go. So we talked about this a while ago when it got announced. This is the one starring Leighton's daughter, Catriella. It is the deluxe edition that has a bunch of new stuff, including new puzzles, all of the DLC, more than 50 new outfits uh, added, um, improved layout, enhanced graphics, all kinds of stuff. So basically, again, this is like a in every way improved version of this game. So if you liked it, great reason to go back. If you missed it, great reason to jump on. I'm picking this one up as well. Um, <clears throat> this was at EGX too. And to be honest, it looked... Because I used to like the Layton games, and my girlfriend really likes them. And I have, we haven't played one for like two, three years now. So, like, this one actually looked good, and it's funny. I say it looked good. The queue for it at EGX was non-existent. Nobody was playing it. I'm sure it's not the kind of game people are, like, oh, itching to demo. But it was, yeah. it was a few screens down from uh, Silksong. So, like, while Max was playing, I was having a gander over as it was going through, like, the gameplay. And it looked yeah. good. Like, graphically, it looked quite good. And it's 3D now instead of completely 2D, so... This style reminds me a lot of um, Fire Emblem. Okay. Where it's, like, it's 3D, but it's it's presented in, like, a flat kind of 2D style. Yeah. So it's got, like, 3D models, so it was obviously cheaper to produce and easier to animate. But, like, it still has that nice kind of soft 2D, like, almost picture book quality to it, you know? For sure. So you'll have to let me know how that one is, too. Okay. Uh, so moving along to Tuesday, the twelfth of November, Bee Simulator. Jesus, have you have you looked at it yet? It's fucking beautiful. It is amazing. Yeah, uh, I actually am like low key interested in this. Like, it's gorgeous looking, and there's like this screenshot where the bee is like squaring up with this big horn beetle, and I'm like, this kind of looks intense, dude. So I remember writing the um, when they first announced this. It was like a year ago. It was quite an under the radar game at the time, but basically you play as a bee and you're part of a whole colony, and um, it's kind of like a game about how bees are being affected by like the world around them, our world, how we're affecting them. And you have to survive as this bee and thrive in the hive and go around like, I think it's a park in New York or something. Yeah, it's based on Central Park, which is like a very famous park. And it's also like the only part of New York City that has trees. <laughs> yeah, that would make sense. Um, but and there's the zoo. Uh-huh. That's why you see there's zebras in the screenshots. Oh, I thought you just had them walking around, you know, your parks. Yeah, I mean, okay, America, invasive species, man. But yeah, it's got co-op as well, which is really yeah, cool. I saw that it has it has split-screen PvP. Uh-huh. Pixel, let me ask you this. If it's online, can we do a bee simulator stream? Can you request codes for this? Yeah, I can put requests in. I've already emailed put them a request in. to ask them about release dates. So let me know. Like, hit them up, because I, I I'll review B Simulator. The only thing I'm wary of, right, is all these screenshots seem to be PC screenshots I've seen so far, and all the trailer footage I've seen seems to be PC trailer footage. Yeah, you gotta imagine it's gonna look worse on, on Switch. Yeah, but how much worse? We'll get a review code and find out. So I'm saying, get me that review code. I will review the shit out of B Simulator. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so um, let's see if you can make fun of this one. This next game, uh, Thursday the 14th, it's called Push the Crate. What'd you do in it? You push a crate. <laughs> it's a classic arcade puzzle game from a new perspective and 300 puzzles to, to solve. So it's 300 puzzles of pushing a crate. 
All you need to do is transport the crates from their target positions and make sure you don't get stuck. That's it, the game. That's it. It's literally this like beefy farmhand guy in this like very well lit forest just pushing a crate. Oh my all the screenshots just look like the guy's pushing a crate in the same location. Yeah, no, it all looks like the same level. Yeah, so there you go. Push the crate, guys. <laughs> That's a Steve-approved game if I've ever seen one. That's got such uh, okay. nice graphics for such like a potentially crap game. Imagine how it's going to look on Switch, though. Oh, I'm, I'm going to get PC. review code for this, too. Push the crate. Do it. Do it, man. Uh, so this next one um, is called uh, Some Distant Memory, Same Day. Uh, this one I was really interested in. So it's a very, very cool art style and uh, you play a what is it? Yeah, an archaeologist. I almost said anthropologist named Professor Zay, uh, and like a, a AI named Aurora. That's its companion. And this is three hundred years after uh, the apocalypse. And you and this AI basically go around and scan relics like that are left over from the the from I guess our world, mm-hmm. and like recreate human memories from what you scan to try and create this oral history i guess of so like horizon zero dawn right yeah but like without (laughs) all the robots and the combat and just the scanning it looks quite cool actually i'm watching the trailer as you're going through it yeah i really like the art style Mm -hmm. um it looks like it could be an interesting one so i i think i might check this one out if i have the time uh this seems like my kind of indie it's like sad and a little bit uh, meditative. <laughs> mm-hmm. I got to say, your 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 picks for out this week are significantly better than than Steve's. Yeah, I should probably do this because uh-huh. all all of the games I picked are either games that actually look cool, and the joke games actually looked cool, except for Push to Crate. But <laughs> hey, that could be game of the year contender, man. You better pick it up, man. Get that review code. <laughs> So moving into our main topic this week, I threw up the pot signal and the legion of potheads out there hit us back with their questions. So let's jump into that mailbag. Kicking things off, we've got two emails uh, over, which you can hit me with your emails as well, over at Pete at LewPots.com. This first one comes to uh, Asobi, regular writer in of the show, uh, very active in our Discord. He's always getting in there and mixing it up with people. It was. I remember the other day there was like a new person and he he was getting into it and you were like, hey, stop fighting guys. And he's like, I'm not going to start fights with anybody. And the guy was like, oh, suck up. I was like, all right, relax, man. Asobi's <laughs> been here from the beginning. You're new blood. You don't get to just pick on the old guard, all right? Relax. <laughs> I gotta love some Discord drama. I love it. I love it. All right. So, uh, so Sobi writes in and says, hey, Pete, thought I'd write in uh, some questions for the podcast again. Number one, if you could choose any region slash theme for the next Pokemon game after Sword and Shield, which one would you choose, even if it's unrealistic? Mine would be a medieval-themed one, where Pokemon are basically used as pages, workers, and basically slaves to battle other kingdoms, and you, the player, try to save them from that with the help of a group that's against the use of Pokemon as slaves. That group would be the Professor and your friends. The rival could be good, but turn to the bad side midway through until you beat him in battle and get him to become good again. Um, a fucking course, the problem would be that they couldn't, uh, have technology like Pokeballs back then, and the theme of slaves might be a bit too heavy for Nintendo, <laughs> at least the way I imagined it just now. Yeah, you've basically taken the sugar coating off the whole capturing and forcing animals to fight thing. Yeah. I, I like that idea, though. I think that's cool, the idea of, like, a Pokemon game that's, like, further back in the timeline and could deal with, like, some of the ways that people in Pokemon live together and interacted 
in the past, like that would be neat. Um, we've only ever seen a world where it's like standardized and it's a mass accept like mass culture kind of thing. So that could be interesting. I obviously I think they'd have to tone down some of the maybe not use the word slave. Yeah, and like make it a little bit less like actual feudalism. But <laughs> it's you know I, I I think there's a nugget of a of a good idea there that that I could definitely get behind. That's pretty cool. Uh, what about you, Pixel? Any thoughts on this one? Jeez. Uh, i tell you what would be interesting. To go kind of like a, a crossover route with like a game like Zelda. So you've got like Koroks and the Pokemon. And you can go through and you go through Hyrule. But instead of Link, I, I think I'm pretty much describing Nino Kuni here now. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I would really like it if Pokemon could be Nino Kuni. Yeah, well, we could have like a futuristic one with um, where all the Pokemon are actually. Di- no, that's Digimon. Are you trolling me, or are these <laughs> your genuine thoughts? Uh, no, I don't know. I I really don't know. How about you? I would really like to see them hard commit to a extreme environment in the same way that they hard committed to a tropical environment in Sun and Moon. Because um, I love like for all the problems of Sun and Moon. Um, of which there are a few. Um, some might argue many. Uh, I think the Dex was really inspired. Really inspired. And I think that being in a location that was so foreign to the traditional Pokemon setups, because, like, you know, the first few generations are all based on Japan. Yeah. And then, basically, since then, uh, it's been based on a different major metropolitan area. You know, whether it was America or Paris, or now the UK, like, it's these, like, very, like, you know, mostly, or at least, uh, like, substantially industrialized countries, and Sun and Moon was a super cool step back from that, you know, to be a little more rural, a little bit more, and granted, we're getting some of that in Sword and Shield as well, uh, but for me, like, I would love to see them hard commit to, like, you know, uh, a, a country that's, like, based on, like, Africa, you know, and there's, like, like mm. expansive deserts, you know, or, like, um, you know, like, like, South America, and, and it's, like, a really deep, thick jungle, you know, like, like, I want to see something like that, because I think that's going to really impact the design of the Pokemon and how they build the world out. Could get that safari zone back as well, like a safe area. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like or like snow, like whatever. Like the whole place is on a mountain, you know, like whatever. And it's like just really get into that. And like, what do the Pokemon here look like? What? Do, how do the people here survive using Pokemon? Like all that stuff. You I'd know? love to see them. Like um, you know, you can breed Pokemon. Yeah, of course. And you know, they had that somebody created an app where you could like mix two sprites together to make a weird kind of cross. I'd love them. You want to st- that as a game? I, I'd no, no, no. I'd like to see them take that and go right. Okay, so you can mix Pokemon. It changes uh, kind of appearance and abilities. And then when you breed two Pokemon, you don't get an exact Pokemon back. You get one that's variated slightly based on which two Pokemon bred. That would be really interesting. Now you're talking about Monster Rancher. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then number two, same email. Asobi asks, how many DLC characters do you think we'll get for Smash Ultimate, since they never set a number for characters that are coming after the Fighter Pass? Also, which ones would you like to see? The crazier, the better. I personally still want to see a Tetris character. It'd be unique and fun, IMO. 
Yeah, I've I've never been behind the idea of a Tetris character, but I think a Tetris ninety nine level would be awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, I would love for that to like you're dodging Tetris blocks and stuff. That that could be cool. Uh, so okay, number of characters, and then who do you want to see? I think. I think that the limit that we'll see beyond the five we've already got is ten more. I think any more than that seems excessive. Um, and that would give them the opportunity to do two more five-character seasons, which would take us conceivably into, like, 2021. That's, like, a three-year that makes development sense. cycle and support cycle. I think that makes sense to me. I think the minimum we'll see is five more. But yeah. that doesn't seem like enough. Maybe, like, they'll do five and then a couple of promotional ones or something. You know, like how we had Piranha Plant. Yeah, like, I'm... I'm the reason I guess 10 is I'm thinking there's a chance that they'll do, like, five more crazy mascot, like, wishlist characters, and then maybe five more characters that are just Nintendo people. You know, that, that people well, want Reggie. to see. <laughs> Yo, I would love it if they added Reggie. Uh, add, add Reggie and Awada and Miyamoto together as, like, a trio. <laughs> like, three Pikmin. <laughs> There you go. Uh, yeah, so I for who I'd like to see, a lot of my like dream picks are there at this point. Like I would love to see Crash in the mix. I think he's like one of the last great mascot characters that mm-hmm. we're missing out on, and you want to be able to get Mario and Crash to go toe-to-toe, you know, um, just like in the days of old. So I think that would be cool. Beyond that, Ah, you know, like, like there are plenty of other characters I'd be happy to see, but there aren't a lot that I'm, like, dying to see, if I'm being honest at this point, you know? I don't know. I, there's, like, a few side characters that I'd like to see in there, like um, maybe a Korok, the Polterpup from Luigi, Koroks from <laughs> Zelda, you know, just little things like that would, like, just make it quite fun. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think... Uh... I think for Nintendo original characters, I could see Waluigi getting added, obviously, because people really wanted him, and Sakurai seems to just be, like, writing blank checks to the fans now. (laughs) I think there's a good chance that we're going to get a character from Fire Emblem Three Houses because Fire Emblem is Sakurai's favorite franchise. He puts a character from every fucking Fire Emblem game in the game, so uh, whether that's, you know, Byleth, the player character, or, like some way to take the three lords and make them one character or something. I don't know. But I've seen that getting tossed around a lot. I think that's probably pretty likely. Um, I also, my friend threw out a theory where it's like, what if they just do a Fire Emblem set and it's all three of the lords from the I, three I don't houses? think they do that because they like to like mix them together so that people are like, they've got a bit of variety, a bit of spice to the... You're not wrong, but this game also has like nine fire emblem characters so yeah but people didn't have to buy them separately we'll see sakurai does what he pleases we could get some uh, pokemon sword and shield kind of stuff in there we don't have any of that yet yeah a represent representative for that generation makes sense um and again if they are going to do like a set of nintendo characters and a set of like more third party like waluigi a fire emblem rep a pokemon rep it kind of writes itself so, um, yeah, so thanks for writing in, Nisobi. Always great hearing from you. Uh, so this next one uh, comes from uh, another regular writer of the, of the uh, show, Zaid, uh, who wrote in and said, Hey, Pete, Steven Pixel, Steve isn't here. Um, so think sorry, I, think anyone noticed? <laughs> <laughs> um, so Zaid writes in and says, Hope all is well and everyone is enjoying the beautiful fall weather. 
Uh, my question this week is kind of a weird one. People often talk about the best game they've ever played. What do you think is the most important game you've ever played? For reference, the best game I've ever played is Super Smash Bros. Melee, but the most important game I've ever played was Zelda Majora's Mask, because it was really the first time I could see a story being told through the art that is video games. As always, thanks for the awesome content and keep up the great work. P.S. I've always wondered, since Pixel and Seaver from the U.K., which football, soccer, clubs do, do they support? Dilly Dilly, Zade, Snack Might, Ida. Snack might eat I'm it. guessing that you wanted me to read your last name this time, Zate, because you you wrote it and put a middle name. So, Snack might. I don't know what that means, but I liked it. Um, <laughs> okay, so let's start with the 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 soccer question. What do you have a football club that you support? I don't watch football. Okay, I don't think Steve does either. You no. guys are nerds. Um, so, uh, okay, best game you've ever played and the most important game you've ever played. <sighs> That's a real tough one. He didn't ask what we think the best is. He gave that example. So if you don't have a choice for that one, that's fine. Because um, we do have other questions we got to get to. So for me, the most important game I've ever played is, without question, Pokemon Blue. Uh, it was the first video game that I ever owned. And uh, with the first console that I ever owned, the Game Boy Color. And I, I truly don't think i would be here today if i didn't get that game at a formative age um and during the height of pokemania you know because <laughs> when i was a kid you know my favorite thing to do was to play pretend you know and like get all the action figures out make storylines all that kind of stuff um so like getting access to video games not for the first time but like for the first time where i had access to them for more than an afternoon you know and i could really get into a game uh, it totally changed my life, you know, like it was, I was so obsessed with it, you know, like I had the strategy guide, I read it cover to cover, I memorized all the music, like it was something that really, you know, spurned a love of games and the way that they allow you to create your own stories through someone else's art, like was so empowering to me as a kid, you know, especially like, you know, I think any kid that comes from a, a, a household where, you know, maybe your your parents were, like, divided. My parents got divorced when I was pretty young. Yeah, I don't even remember my parents being together. <laughs> right, you know? So, and, and I think in, in a world like that, like, where you're a kid who you feel like you have no control over how your life plays out, like, mm -hmm. having a place that I could escape to where I had all the power in the world, you know, as long as I worked hard and, and, uh, and learned the ins and outs, like, was so empowering and formative for me like in terms of like getting invested in art but also like for you know like mental health really like and, and escapism and learning the value of art for protecting yourself from the parts of the world that are kind of shitty mm -hmm. um so yeah uh absolute shout outs to pokemon blue on that one it's uh probably the most formative piece of art that i've ever engaged with yeah it's a weird one for me because like Super Mario 2 and Tetris were two of the first games I ever played. One, um, one on Game Boy, one on NES. And they're important to me because they got me into gaming and showed me, you know, how mm -hmm. much I would enjoy it over the years. Um, sure. And then there's, like, Skyward Sword got me for a really tough time when my mum was diagnosed with cancer. And like you, I use that as an escape route from, you know, just to get away from reality for a bit, you know, bring myself back to you know, normality. So that one's kind of, that yeah. one's got a special place there. And then Pikmin 3, weirdly, 
was a game that we picked me and my girlfriend picked it up when we moved to Brighton which is where we live now and at the time she had to give up her job to move in with me so she was going through a rough time because she we were searching for a job for her for quite a while and she wanted to change industries and Pikmin was like the, the thing that we'd do when you know we'd had enough of job hunting and we were really stressed so that, that one became my like go-to chill out game so I don't know, between those games, they've all got a really special special place in my heart for different reasons. You inspired me to actually shout out a couple more choices now that I'm thinking yeah. about it. Uh, shout out to Super Mario World. I've told the story here of that was the first game I ever played. My mother uh, used to do like interior designing, and I, her one of her clients had kids that turned me on to games, and Super Mario World was the first game I ever played, and it's still my favorite Mario game, and it's a game I go back to quite a bit. Um when I was in therapy a couple years ago, uh, my therapist had me uh, practice meditation. And one of the things he said was, like, think about what your happy place is, like where you feel the most relaxed. And my mind went to Super Mario World. <laughs> <laughs> so shout out to that one. Um, That's a game I often played when uh, when my parents were fighting. Um, so, yeah, it's that was a, another important escape game. Uh, I would also give shout outs to Batman Arkham Asylum for being the game that got me back into games when I had kind of lapsed as a gamer. Okay. And I was really only playing like multiplayer with my friends at that point. And playing that game, I was like, fuck, wow. Like this is what video missing. games have come a long way. Yeah, yeah. And like there is, there's more here than I th- thought I realized. Um, and then right after that, I played Dragon Age Origins, which is one of my top three favorite games of all time. And it was the thing that got me like hardcore back into games you know it was like from then on i was like i'm gonna play every game i miss this generation (laughs) like um so shout out to those games for getting me back into it uh okay so moving over to our discord uh which again if you are not you should go join uh our discord is great and it's a great little community and when i ask for questions they give them to me so (laughs) thank you boys and girls uh okay so uh this one comes from maya papaya who's one of the new peeps over in the Discord. Uh, So shout out to you for joining us there, and thanks for your question. Uh, Maya writes in and says, With the recent release of Mario Sonic at the Olympic Games, what do you think will be the next Mario spinoff to be announced? That's a good question. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like we've hit a lot of them. Like, I don't don't think we're going to get, like, a Strikers or any of those things again anytime soon or maybe ever. So the only one that's like an established franchise I can think of that we haven't gotten an entry in in quite some time is Mario Golf. Yeah, Mario Golf. We haven't had soccer in a while either. I, I hate calling it soccer, but the strikers. Well, that's strikers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't think we only have ever gotten one of those, right? I think so. There's there one two? on Wii. Okay, so there's two then, because the first one was on GameCube. Yeah, there you go, there's two. Cool. Might be in the same game. So, I mean, <laughs> I guess strikers... I feel like golf is more likely than strikers, but I also think... Uh, a sequel to Super Mario Party is probably likely sooner than later. Mm-hmm. Doesn't seem like they're doing any DLC, and that game sold pretty well. So I think doing a sequel makes sense. Um, maybe Mario Tennis too, for the same reason that like they didn't quite get it right last time. But I feel like that's a better reason why we might not see one for a while. You know, what I'd like to see. You know, they did like those learn to type or learn to read with Pokemon and Mario. I'd love to see them do one for Switch. What the hell's the one with Luigi called? Mario is missing. <laughs> Mario is missing too. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Uh, all right. So this next one comes from Hardo, another uh, new new blood over on the uh, the Discord channel. Since Pokemon 
uh, sorry, since the Pokedex got cut in half with Sword and Shield, which Smash Bros. characters would you cut for the next uh, entry if it got the Sword and Shield treatment? I don't want them to cut any characters, man. Yeah, Fire Emblem. Just take the Fire Emblem ones out. Yeah, fair. If you're going to cut characters, I'd cut half of the Fire Emblem mm-hmm. characters. And honestly, like, if, if we were at a point where it was like, hey, there is X number of characters we need to get rid of, mm-hmm. I'd get rid of all the clones. Like, we don't need Richter. We don't need Dr. Mario. Like, make them skins. Zelda, Teen Zelda, and I'm sure there's another Link. Jesus, people are going to kill me for that. Wow. Fucking fake-ass Zelda (laughs) fan over here. (laughs) I was going to say the Zelda characters that are clones, like Link, Teen Link, and I think there's another Link, isn't there? Uh, Yeah, Big Big Link. Link. Proper Link. (laughs) See, them, they're all different. We were talking if you have to cut characters, you know, they're they're fair Get rid of young Link. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. This next one comes from Danny uh, from the Loot Pots team. Who is your favorite member of Loot Pots and why is it Danny? <laughs> uh, uh, you know, Dan, you're my favorite because you knocked out that Luigi's Mansion 3 review so quickly. And despite your garbage, garbage tier opinions on Pokemon, you're a good kid. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I'd have to say you for carrying this show. Aww. Yeah. So plus, plus Danny's not on my good books because I have to edit his 3,000 word <laughs> review, which, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's Oh, fun. man. That's like, the, that's like the second nicest thing you've said to me, Pixel, after uh, the other day when I made a joke where I was like, you know, oh, we got to get our Twitch channel going again, but you're going to have to do the heavy lifting because I am most notable for being your less popular friend. And you're like, you're the voice of the podcast, are, man. man. I was like, yeah, thanks, man. It's not the same when Thank you're not here. You. Oh my gosh, you're so sweet. Okay, so this one comes from Kian McWolfie, uh, another new new member over on the uh, the the Discord who's been very active on our Pokemon channel. Uh, so thank you for writing in, Kian. It's great hearing from you. Um, hopefully you listen to this episode because you asked me where you could find it. So <laughs> if you did, guess what? You got your question read on the air. Uh, okay, realistically speaking, do you think Sword and Shield will get a third version, or do you think we're going to go straight to the Diamond Pearl Platinum remakes? Um, we'll definitely get a follow-up version. It's funny, because I've seen a lot of people in our Discord being like, there's going to be a third version. I'm like, guys, do you not remember that the last two generations, I think it was, we've had sequels instead? We're not going to get a third version, I don't think. I don't think we'll get a spear. Maybe we will. Maybe they'll go back to that well. But Gen 5, we had Black and White and Black and White 2. Gen 6, we had X and Y, no third game, went right to the remakes. For Sword and Shield, I think it's very likely that we'll get a follow-up or a sequel or whatever, um, unless they were disappointed with the sales of Ultra Sun and Moon. They're probably just waiting for the results of Brexit, so they don't know what to do in the uh, in the next one. Oh my god, that's <laughs> that is a hilarious that is hilarious. Yeah, so I, I think we'll get a I think we'll get a sequel mm-hmm. to these games before we get to the Diamond Pro remakes. But I am really excited for the Diamond and Pro remakes. Gen four, such an underrated gen. I can't wait to go back to that that region. Um, I just hope that they don't make it stupid easy like they did with Auras, um, because those games were more challenging, and man, I miss that. You could get a Let's Go game. That's also likely. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that'll be next. No, I mean for your remakes. I... Uh, oh, don't, <laughs> don't do me like that. I, I, I've turned the corner on Let's Go. I'm okay with it, but I want it to be its own thing. So if we're going to get annualized Pokemon, like, next year, here this would be a perfect world. They want to annualize Pokemon, right? Fine. Next year, 
we get the ultimate edition of the game, right? Whatever the sequel or the third. Let, let's go ultimate. Yeah. No, 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 stop it. <laughs> then after that, we do the Diamond Pearl remakes. Uh-huh. After that, we do Pokemon Let's Go Johto, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, Elekid and Magby, whatever. And probably more likely Pichu and Togepi. And then in uh, that point, you do the new gen. And then Game Freak has like three years to actually like make a new game with actual, you know, new stuff. Until, until they try and cram uh, Little Town Heroes 2 in there. <sighs> I mean, well, that would actually be cool. They need more people. They need bigger teams. Or they need to shift some of these games off. Just like Creatures make more of them. Didn't Creatures make Let's Go? Mm, they helped with the character modeling, I think. All right. Well, maybe we let them do some more. They did Detective Pikachu, and it was fine. So, come on, Game Freak. Get it up. <laughs> that, that's not what I meant to say. That was an unfortunate... Okay. I'm going to move right along. Steve. Uh, Steve, who missed the show this week because he's on vacation, wrote in and said... Uh, what's a game I haven't played that's a good to dip in and out of on vacation? P.S. Miss you guys. X. Oh. Steve. First of all, I miss you too. You're a dear friend of mine and I love you. I love you a lot. But fucking play Fire Emblem. No, Witcher 3. That's Witcher 3. Play. Or Hollow Knight. He hasn't no! played Hollow Knight yet. Who gives a fuck? Play oh, Fire man. Emblem. That is a You are not party. my favorite Loot Pots member anymore. <laughs> DJ now takes that crown. You've lost it. <laughs> Damn. Well, it's nice while it lasted. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, come on, man. Fire Emblem is, is a first-party Nintendo release that you bought and own, and it's paced really well. You could easily jump in and out of it. Pick it up. Oh, he's already bought it. He owns it. He started it. He just ended it before the tutorial was over. Tell you what, Steve. Finish Link's Awakening. Finish Untitled Goose Game. And then you won't have to dip in and out of anything. You can play one. Link's Awakening is also a good game to dip in. You have plenty of games to dip in and out of. I don't want you to play a game you haven't played. Or, But to be fair, you haven't played Fire Emblem, so play that one. There we go. Okay? Jeez. Uh, okay, so Chris, another – he's he's an old guard. Chris has been in our Discord since, since near since the beginning. He said, how hyped are you guys to have hit 350 Discord users? I'm very hyped, man. It's been wild. Pixel threw out a couple tweets and a giveaway, and all of a sudden we got – like hundreds of people in here talking every day it's awesome went from being you know we're always active we got a great active community over there but like we had like 50 to 80 people for a long time Mm -hmm. you know so lots of the same names and faces it's great to see some new blood in there have they all been nice no but mostly (laughs) i've only had to ban like one person you've banned someone have you i've never banned anyone yet yeah, I, ha- I had to ban somebody for coming in and immediately sharing NSFW art and then saying a slur. So aside from like that person and one or two people who've been a little crusty, I'm, I, everybody's been really nice. So uh, shout out to all you new, new bloods. And if you are somebody who listens to the show and hasn't checked out our Discord, go check it out. Even if you're not like a big Discord person, it's a great community. And we've got our Pokemon Sword and Shield chat, which you're going to want to get in on when we start doing tournaments and stuff. Mm-hmm. So if you got to get ready for that, that big tourney in December, you're going to want to come practice with, uh, with all your, uh, your friends. Need as many members in that channel as possible. So, you know, you can trade me the best Pokemon so I can actually stand a chance in the competition. There you go. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Here's the last question of the day. Uh, This one comes from, you guessed it, Asobi again. Oh, wow. (laughs) The king of double dips. Whenever whenever I'm like, hey, questions for the show, he's like, I got five questions for the show. And I appreciate you, Asobi, because you give me content. 
So he goes, did Pixel ever explain why he called it Loop Pots? Otherwise, that's the question. No, that's the question. I think I think you have, but go ahead. So I, uh, it's just a pun on Loop Box, and it's short, easy to spell, and I like Zelda. Plus a domain name was free, so, you know. There you go. Now you know how to name a brand, kids. <laughs> <laughs> I hope people weren't expecting some, like, really interesting backstory. I was hiking through the mountains when the leaves rustled and I heard <laughs> heard a whisper in the wind. I, my, my favorite part about it is, like, any time a person's ever asked me why is it called Loot Pots, I'm like, you know the pots from Zelda? And they're like, oh... That's why your logo is a pot. I'm like, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I don't think it's like super obvious, but it's like it's one of those things that as soon as you – it's like the FedEx logo where it's like an arrow. Mm-hmm. Once you see it, you're like, oh. I love use of negative space. We, we, we should have made our logo like that. Damn. You made it. Yeah, you blame me. Can always, damn, you can, damn it, Pixel. You can always remake it, I guess. I don't know. But, but don't. I really like that. You know what we need to do, man, is make some stickers, Okay. You told me we were doing this. How long? I want a sticker. I just got a new phone, and it's got mm-hmm. I got a naked back back of it. I need stickers, man. Okay, we'll get some stickers, guy. We'll get some stickers. Yeah, my my other podcast has them. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I got to throw the comics pals one on here. It's- so, so are we having podcast stickers or are we having loot post stickers? Both. Fucking a. I think we should have stickers of your face. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Just get stickers of, my, of this. Or, or that one of Max as the pot that we have in our Slack channel. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. I, I think I think we probably just start with just the lootpots.com stickers. But I will say it would be sick to have After Dark stickers for patrons because I love the After Dark mm. logo so much. It's so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's just a little bit sleazy. It makes it perfect. Just a little bit. Like it looks like it's like it's a it's a dive bar that you'd want to hang out at, but it's still a dive bar, <laughs> you know. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, uh, thank you again to all of uh, all you potheads out there that wrote in. Uh, remember, if you want to get in touch, you can head over uh, and email me at pete at loopots.com like Asobi and Zade did. If you want to hit us up on the Discord, go join our Discord and hit us in the Potscast channel where we read any questions for the show. Uh, and then often I'll throw up a thing on Twitter. I didn't do it this time because we had so many new Discord people. I was like, we already hit like 10 questions. We're good to go here. Uh, but mm-hmm. you can get in touch with us on Twitter and stuff like that. Um, you know, reach out to, you know, don't reach out to Pixel privately. He gets enough notifications. If you hit me up or go at Loot Pots, we'll, we'll see your message. So you can get in touch with us there. Aside from that, if you want to support the show, make sure you give us a like on your audio platform of choice. If we're not on a platform you want us to be, let us know and we'll get there. Uh, That is the easiest and freest way to support the show. Um, You can also go visit us over at uh, youtube.com slash lootpots, twitch.tv slash lootpots, where we've got plenty of other video content. Visit us at lootpots.com to check out all of our news and reviews. Uh, Speaking of which, we've got that Luigi's Mansion 3 review about to drop uh, by the time you're listening to this. It should already be live. So go check that one out. Danny worked real hard on it. Um, last but not least, yeah, I plugged the Discord already, yeah, so last but not least, if you really, really, really want to go above and beyond to support this program, you can visit us over at patreon.com slash loopots and support us at the $5 level, and you'll get access to our patron-exclusive show, After Dark, where we talk about, uh, everything that's not Nintendo. Um, I think the most recent episode that's live as of this recording is, uh, oh no, a new one just went live. Mm-hmm. It's the one about Last of Us. Yeah. Steve, is, Steve and yes. I talk about The Last of Us, and uh, Steve breaks his jaw. Yeah, I think my Disney World trip is in there too. It's a good one. 
Yep, yep. Your arrow story will be in there. Yes, yes. I got a fresh arrow story for you. Star Wars <laughs> Land review and The Last of Us review. So go check that out uh, if you want to hear us talk about other things that aren't Nintendo. Uh, it's it's a quality program, high quality program. Uh, so with that, that's that's up it for this episode of the podcast. We'll catch you next week, babies. Love you. Thank you.